hope that you have enjoyed uh, this little series that we put together. We're going to conclude it uh, this weekend, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun uh, from my standpoint, and, and Neil helped us out a little bit in studying it and writing it, and we're hearing a lot of people that, you know, it's been a good fun series for you two uh, to learn some of these things about these commandments, and I think it just kind of has hit the it's kind of that proverbial thing where we hit the nail on the head when we kind of look at the things that we've called the first four from God, okay? The, the things that he says, man, those are really, really big time important. And those first four are the last four that the world in which we live abides by and even knows about. And so there's a difference between those of us who walk with God and try to live our lives in a way that he wants us to live our lives and how the world lives its life. And I hope one of the things that maybe has struck you as we've jumped into these commandments is the challenge of, of who you're living for, okay? Are you following God's commands and his, uh, his obligations that he's put in your life? Or are you following the ways of the world that totally disregards all these things? So it's been a lot of fun, but it's also been somewhat convicting as we've kind of had to wrestle through that. Who are we really walking with? Are we walking with God or are we walking with the world? And we're going to find that in a really big way right now as we wrap it up and we, we look at the fourth of the Ten Commandments, this thing about uh, the Sabbath. And uh, I think it's one of those things that, that a lot of people have heard about, and you kind of saw in that video, a lot of people know about the Sabbath, but I, I don't know if we understand its intensity like we will wrestle through with in this study right here. Um, I, I remembered when I was putting this together that silly little comic strip, many of you probably as saw it one time, where you're kind of reading through this comic strip and the very first uh, uh, frame of it is about a guy who'd, who'd went to the doctor and so in the first frame he's, he, you know, he's getting tests, he's getting blood pressure and, and doing the stress test and all those things in the first frame. And then in the second frame, the doctor is meeting with this guy's wife and he says to her, your husband is totally stressed out. He can't take any more at all. He's this close to absolutely breaking. And we've got to get him some absolute peace and quiet. And we, got, we just got to figure that out. And so I'm going to prescribe these sleeping pills. And so in the third frame, she says, okay, okay when, when should I give them to him? And in the last frame, the doctor looks at her and says, you don't understand. They are for you. And I kind of thought about that, that idea when we're jumping into the Sabbath, because I want you to hear me on this. I want you to hear this. If you understand and obey the principle of the Sabbath, it is better than any sleeping pill. It's better than any spouse that you got to get off your back. It's better than calming your boss down who's out of control. It's better than a thousand things that make this life a little bit challenging. And so when life gets hard, God has an answer to that. And that answer partly is the Sabbath. I read this, this week, somebody had, had made this post, I can't remember who said it, I thought I never, never thought of it that way. They said, life has done sucked the jelly out of my donut. Anybody been there? Okay. 
And, and so when you arrive at that point in your life, you know, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? And you're going to find out that one of the ways we deal with it is that God provided this thing called the Sabbath. So what I want to do is I just want to start by reading the commandment. Now, this is interesting. I want you to remember this. The Ten Commandments are listed out for us in the Bible in two places. And everybody in this room ought to learn this and know it. It happens in Exodus chapter 20, and that's what we've been studying through. And then it is repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And maybe you didn't know that. There's two places for Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. You ought to have those in your head ready to go. And so what we know when we look at those two different lists is they're almost identical. It's crazy how close they are, and there are a few mild variations. And one of those happens with the Sabbath, the fourth commandment. So I want to read them both, okay? I want to read, first of all, the Exodus account, and then I want to read the Deuteronomy account. So let's start with the Exodus account. The fourth commandment begins in the eighth verse, and it says this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord, the Lord himself, made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now that's the Exodus version of that. Now I want to read for you the Deuteronomy version of that, and I want you to kind of pick this out and watch the places where, man, that is identical. And you're also going to see some things that are mildly a variation. So Deuteronomy chapter 5, it starts in verse 12, and it says this, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or your maidservant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, even the dog in your house, okay? Nobody, not the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now, one of the things that just kind of strikes you when you read through both those accounts is the sheer length of these things, Okay. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. It is the longest of the Ten Commandments by far. It's not even close. In the New International Version of the Bible that I preach from, the Exodus version of the commandment is 97 words long, and the Deuteronomy version is 124 words long. And so why do you think that is? Why are some of the commandments just really quick, 
to the point, just a few words, but we get to the Sabbath, and man, it is this long, long explanation. Why is that the case? Well, we're not told in the Bible why it's the case. I think, here's what I think. I think because God knew we'd argue with him about it. And so he said, man, we got, we got to spend some time doing this. Uh, last week, we had an opportunity to spend a little time with our, our kids down in Florida and, and our grandkids, and we kind of watched them uh, for a couple days while we were in their house, and it was fun for us to see them as mom and dad and how they just, you know, they're barking these little short commands of their kids all the time. Pick your toys up. Shut the light off. Put your shoes on, you know, these, these kinds of things, you know. Quit wiping your boogers on your pants and just kind of little things like this just constantly, okay. But there's going to come a day where something's happening with those boys that they're going to need to spend some time on this. And they're going to have to sit around a dinner table and they're going to have to say, hey, we got we to walk through this thing. And when they get a little bit older and they start thinking about college and marriage and they're going to have conversations that last for months, that's what I think what's happening to Sabbath is God says, this is such a big deal. It's such a big, big deal. We gotta we got got talk about this. And so what I wanna do with the Sabbath with you, and this is the reason that I mentioned earlier, I think everybody kinda, we, we've heard about the Sabbath, okay? And a lot of people know it's the fourth one, because we saw that on our video, but do you really know the extent of everything involved in this thing? And so here's what I wanna do, is I wanna tell you four things about the Sabbath. And when you walk out of here in a half hour or so, I promise you, you're going to know some things about Sabbath. You had no idea at all about these things. And they all lead to the last thing that I want to say. The fourth thing is where the light bulb comes on. It's like, oh, wow, that's what it's about. But the first three get us moving in that direction. So with that, that's all. Let's jump into this thing. I want to tell you four things about the Sabbath. Here's the first thing I want to say. I want you to know that the Sabbath is weighted and what I mean by weighted is that it's important that God put some weight to it, that he put some bank behind it. And everybody, everybody watch me. Everybody look at me. Everybody listen to this. Don't miss this thing. Watch this. Dude, this is in God's top 10. His top 10. And so if God were able to sit with you physically right now and, and you could eyeball God, the one who created the universe, the one who loves you and knows you and knows how many hairs you have on your head, that God, that amazing God, and you ask him, hey, could you kind of wrap it up and tell me the most important things that I need to know about life? Watch this. The Sabbath would be one of those. It's in his top 10, dudes. This isn't anything to just kind of brush off to the fact. Here, here's another way to look at it. This is a big book. This is a really big book. The Bible has a big, big book. Man, there's a lot of stuff in it. I'm mentoring a young pastor in our area, and I told him the other day, I said, man, when you preach, always preach this, okay? And here's why you always preach this, because you never run out of material, ever. If you preach your own stuff, you're empty in about two weeks. That's about all you got, okay? But this never. So if you had to take this big book, okay, 
This, this thing that it just seems like we could never learn it all, never read it all, you take this big book, and if there was a way to kind of summarize it down, to wrap it down, to put it in a pretty little nutshell. Anybody remember Cliff's Notes? Huh? Anybody, anybody ever cheat through school? <laughs> huh? Come on now. Uh, anybody ever see those dummies books? Dummies for the, you know. So if you can take the Bible and you can get the Cliff's Notes and, and just say, hey man, can, can we just put it down in maybe, uh, you know, uh, just some really simple little statements, just a few. Listen to this. The Sabbath would be one of them. This isn't game stuff. This isn't just silly little stuff that we're talking about. God put some weight behind the Sabbath. This is a big deal. Let me show you how God put some real weight on it. Let's advance in the Exodus text just a few chapters, and let's look what he said. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Would somebody say, what? Now, you're not, you're not gonna be put to death if you don't observe the Sabbath. That's not gonna happen to you. Why don't you hear me? Why don't you listen to me? Don't miss this. If you ignore the Sabbath, it very well could kill you. This is a big deal. This is important, weighted stuff. And the good news about that is that you're sitting in a church auditorium right now and you sat through a worship service and now you're studying a scripture uh, with a preacher and there's a thousand things you could have done right now in your life. You, there, there's all kinds of stuff on your plate right now. And we go through those decisions every day of our life, man. What's the most important thing that I can do right now on this day, on this night? What do I gotta do? What are all the things? I gotta choose the priority. And what you chose, what you chose to be in this room right now is in God's top 10 list. God say, here, here, here's the 10 most important things that I tell you to do in your life. This is a weighted, weighted command. Now, why is it weighted? Why is it such a big deal to God? Why is this? Why does it seem to be a bigger deal to God than it is to us? Because although we kind of hear about the Sabbath, does anybody really think too much about it in your life? Probably not. So why is it so weighted? Well, here's the second thing I want you to know about it. And that is that it is gifted. And I think if we can figure this out, it'll change our understanding of what we do about this commandment. A couple of years ago, I turned 60 years old, and, and my wife took me on this little trip, and uh, her birthday and my birthday are kind of together, and our anniversary is kind of together, and so it's just kind of uh, put, put there all day. I did that purposely, so maybe I can get why with just one gift. Okay, so, so we have all that together in the summer, and so we went off, we had this little trip in honor of me hitting that sixth decade, and we came back, when we came back, we pulled in our driveway, and it was really super late at night. And uh, I hit the uh, remote for my garage door to come up, and my garage door came up, and inside the garage was a brand new, shiny, red, uh, riding lawnmower that my boys had bought for me for my birthday. And they had a little bow there, and a little note on it, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the whole world that my boys bought me a riding lawnmower. And so I just, man, I just like, that is so cool but I didn't understand the motivation that they had behind it. And I found it out a few weeks later is because I was mowing and it was blazing hot outside and I was using my push mower. 
and I still use my push mower every once in a while. I use a rider for a little bit, and then I like to use the push mower because I got OCD and I want my line straight. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'll do the, the rider for a while, then I'll tell you, okay, today is the push mower. So I'm doing the push mower. I'm getting it all set up. I am sweating bullets, man. I'm an absolute mess. And one of the boys that helped buy the mower happened to pull in my driveway, came home to see me. And he got out and he saw me pushing. He said, what are you doing? What in the world are you doing? I said, well, I'm pushing. I went to straight lines. And he's kind of pointing at the mower, the rider. What, what are you doing? And then I realized what the motivation was. They thought their old man was so old, he's going to have a heart attack out there. That's why I got that mower. When I turned 30, they bought me socks, okay? I turned 60, I get a rider mower, okay? So I know how it works, you know? You got one foot in the grave, and now we're going to kind of take care of you, Pop, and we'll give you something that is going to gift you. Have you ever thought of the Sabbath that way? Ever? Have you ever concerned yourself that? This is a fascinating thing. When you dive into the idea of the Sabbath, you know now, because we did the study, if somebody came up to you and said, hey, where's the Sabbath? You're going to say, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. That's what you're going to say. And in both of those places, very important, don't miss this, both of those places, it is a command. God isn't making a suggestion. He's not saying, hey, what y'all think about this? He says, you do this. This is a big deal, okay? A few chapters later, he said, you don't do it, I'm going to kill you, okay? So it's a big deal. Now watch this, but you never do this. That the concept of the Sabbath came up before any of that. Before Exodus 20, before Deuteronomy 5, the first time we find the Sabbath come up is before all of that, all the way back in Exodus 16. And that's the very first time the concept of the Sabbath is written to us in detail in Scripture. And I want you to see what it says. Check this out. God says to these, bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. It is a gift. It is a gift. And sometimes we look at it as this big burden that God has placed upon our life, and it's not a burden at all. The Sabbath is a gift from a caring and loving God who knows that it will be good for you. He knows that. The Sabbath isn't God's attempt to beat you up. It's not his attempt to, here's just one more thing that you got to do. That's not the motive at all. The motivation of all of it is for our benefit because he loves us. Now, now watch how this comes up. There are some Christian people, and there might be some in the room right now, who you're thinking right now, hey, things, you are washed up, brother, because Jesus did away with the Sabbath commandment. And there are Christians who believe that right now. They think that the Sabbath is not even a real deal. That's an Old Testament thing for those people. It has nothing to do with us. And they will tell you, Jesus said it's over with. And what they're referring to is the day in which Jesus was doing some things on the Sabbath and the religious leaders got all bent out of shape and were yelling at, you can't do that on the Sabbath, you can't do that on the Sabbath. And Jesus said this, and some people say, well, that's Jesus saying get rid of the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus said. He said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, what he was not doing, he wasn't saying, well, let's just get rid of the Sabbath. Do you know the slippery slope we're on if we start eliminating commandments, huh? That's bad stuff. That's not what he was saying. 
What he was saying is, you've turned the Sabbath into a burden. That's what you've done with it. And the, the Jewish leaders of that day, they were masters at it. Maybe, maybe you never heard this. This is, this is nuts. They took the Sabbath where God said, uh, rest from it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And they started defining what that meant. And they started coming up with all these regulations and rules and laws. And there's a thing called the Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D. And it's a Jewish document that has 39 categories of things that you cannot do on the Sabbath. There's over 600 laws in that. And what Jesus was saying was, is you've turned this into a burden instead of a blessing. You've forgotten that it's a gift. And so I want that to get with you right now and it kind of settle with you and hang on to this and watch what we're saying. What we're saying is this is a weighted deal, man, okay? This isn't just some flippant little thing in the Bible. This is big stuff. And it's God's way of saying, I want to do something for you. I want to do something really, really kind for you. Now, it's amazing that it is a gift, but look at the third thing that I want you to know about the Sabbath. And that is that it is ignored by us. I appreciate my brother Neil preaching for us last weekend on the third commandment. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. And Neil did a masterful job. I hope you were here to hear his study when he talked about the fact that we are on the edge of violating the third commandment when we use euphemisms and kind of flippant language. And if you were here, you heard a lot of those examples of things we just kind of roll off our tongue and we don't think anything about it. And they are close to violating the third commandment. You might have came last week and go, wow, I guess I violate third commandment. On Monday mornings here at our church, our, our staff all get together. We pray together every day, um, but we really do it on Monday. We really celebrate. We talk about what God did during the weekend. And it's just a great time for a staff for about 90 minutes. We're together, and hallelujah, hallelujah. And we were talking about Neil's sermon uh, the, the weekend before, and we were talking about how, man, we all kind of do flippant things. And we got to laughing because without knowing it, we were all saying those things. As one of them deals where we wish we had a, a jar, you know, put a dollar in, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Now, watch this. We're, we're not perfect. The people who work here on staff are not perfect at all. Not, not even close to it. But, I mean, we've given our life to serve Jesus. We're pretty mature. We walk with God. And if, if we violate that, I can't even imagine what comes out of y'all mouths, okay? And, and so... Last weekend, we talked about the third commandment and how easy it is to break it and violate it and ignore it. But listen, it isn't even close how we ignore the fourth commandment. We not only ignore it, we celebrate it when somebody ignores it. Anybody in the room ready to be uncomfortable? All right, so... You three people, let's have a conversation about this, okay? And I'm just gonna lay it out, all right? We're just gonna deal with it. Let's say, I'm gonna prove to you why we just ignore this thing, okay? We don't even think anything about it. I'm gonna prove it to you. Let's say that we're buddies, you and me, and we're just hanging out over a campfire one night. We're just sitting there chatting a little bit. And I say something like this to you. Man, work has been so crazy. I have worked 21 days in a row. 
and you look at me and you think by nature of me having to do that, that I must have a pretty important job. That must be a really big job. And you're kind of like, wow, man, that's, that's pretty cool, man. 21 days in a row, you're somebody. Let, let's say I say this. Man, we, we took our, our family, we, we got on a weekend getaway, and man, we went down to the beach, and we hung out down there, it was a blast, the weather was beautiful, or, or maybe we went over there, and maybe we spent uh, a time at a cabin, and we, we were fishing on the river all week, and you hear that around the campfire, and you think, man, that's great, everybody ought to be able to do that once in a while. Or you say this, anybody mad at me yet? Okay, it's about to happen right now, brother, okay? You watch. Let's say I say this. Man, I'm so proud of my kids. I'm so proud of my kids. Uh, Susie's in the cheering program, and they've just gotten so good, and she's done so well. And, man, we got 10 weekend trips this spring. We're competing with some of the best programs in the country, and it's going to be awesome. And then I say, and Billy's doing so good on traveling soccer team, man, and they've gotten pretty good. And, man, it's amazing. We're able to compete all year long, and we go to some of the most amazing soccer fields in this part of the country. We're on the road all the time, and it is just incredible. And I say all that and you say, man, that is awesome. Enjoy that season in your life. You ought to be proud of your kids. Now watch. What if I said this? I knocked off the Circle K last night and killed the clerk on the way out and walked away with a thousand bucks. What if I said, I've been, I've been sleeping with my neighbor's wife this past month. Man, it's been the best time of my life. And you hear that, and in the first situation, you call the cops, and in the second situation, you call my wife. And how come we get alarmed and shocked when we hear that some people violate some of the Ten Commandments, but when they hear we violate the Sabbath, we celebrate it? Anybody mad yet? So how come we're, we're shocked to hear that? And how come is that a little bit of tense when we start thinking about that? How come we don't think twice about violating the Sabbath in a culture, even a Christian culture, that celebrates it today? I think it's because we don't know what Sabbath means. That's why I think the reason for it. And that leads us to the fourth thing I want you to know about Sabbath, and that's where the light bulb comes on, and I want you to understand the Sabbath is needed. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to prove it to you. Now, there's a lot of things you've got to wrestle through when we understand the Sabbath, and one of those is we've got to start with this. Is the Sabbath on Saturday, or is it on Sunday, or is it some other day? Now, if you ain't mad at me yet, get in line, because the rest of y'all are going to jump in the party here, okay? So what day is it? Well, in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was the what day? Seventh day. That's Saturday. And so the seventh day of the week, Saturday, was the Sabbath day in all of Jewish history, and it's all throughout the Old Testament. I mean, that's the way it was. Now, when you get to the New Testament, it seems that there was a switch. It seems that some of the Sabbath activities then started happening in honor of the resurrection of Jesus, which happened on what day? The first day, Sunday. And so it seems that there's a little bit of a switch in the New Testament, we go from Saturday to Sunday. And there are indications in the New Testament that they had Sabbath-like activities on every day. And so now here you and I are in 2023, and we gotta look back there and say, well then what's our Sabbath day? What is the day? 
And now, in a perfect world, I'm gonna tell you what, what a perfect world would be. I just think this is the one that makes the most sense, that for Christians today, Sabbath ought to be Sunday, and everybody, religious and non-religious, the whole world honors that as that is God's day. I think that is the optimum solution to it. And some of y'all remember that. Some of y'all remember stores weren't even open. You couldn't even go buy groceries on Sunday. But that ain't the world we live in today, gang. And, and I'm just gonna tell you my opinion about this. And my opinion might be wrong, you might have a different opinion, and you might be wrong, and I might be wrong. Or you might be right, and I might be wrong, okay? <laughs> but I'm preaching, and you ain't. So, so <laughs> I just, I'll tell you my, my gut feel, okay? And after I tell you, then I may not be preaching here anymore, I don't know. But let me, let me tell you the general opinion that I have on it, and, and that is that the emphasis of the Sabbath is not whether it's Saturday or Sunday or whenever. The emphasis of the Sabbath is that it is a day. It is a day. And that seems to be the point behind the commandment. When you go back and read it, it talks about that idea. Look at, look at something we read earlier. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And the word holy means separate. It means apart. It means this day is gonna be different from every other day. And you can say, well, is that Saturday or is that Sunday? I think you're kind of missing the point. The point is, is that there is a day in your life that is reserved completely different from every other day in the week. They're not seven days all the same. There is a day that is holy to you. And, and I just want you to know, that's, that's one of the primary reasons why we have Thursday night church and we have Sunday morning church here. And so you could come to Eastside and say, y'all are confused. You don't know when the Sabbath is. Is it Thursday or is it Sunday? And what we're saying is it's, it's neither of those. It is a day that you have selected that is different from every other day, and you've reserved that day. And so we did it on purpose, on a weekday night Thursday and a morning on the weekend on Sunday morning. Now, I know there's exceptions, so don't send me an email if you're one of the exceptions. But I'm just going to, since I'm already in trouble, let me say that. If you can't make it to church on Thursday night or Sunday morning, you ain't trying. So is there a day that you've put off to the side, that you've kept as holy? Now, what do you do with that day? Well, the commandment tells you to do two things. Here's the first thing you do. You rest from work. And that's what everybody knows, okay? So the Sabbath day, you just don't work. It's deeper than that. What if you don't have a job? All right, no job? I only got nine commandments, okay? That's not the point. What do you do if you don't have a job? You're in school. What do you do if you're retired? What if you're between jobs? I don't think the emphasis is work. I don't think the emphasis is the job. The emphasis is, and I want you to hear this, if you miss it, I, think, I don't think you'll understand the aspect of the Sabbath and why God has gifted it to you. The emphasis of the Sabbath is the things that are the output of your life. 
The things that take your time and your energy and your emotional focus and what is all the stuff in your life that you're producing, that you're, you're making happen and you're doing this and you're, you're doing that and you're making that happen and you're over here making that happen. It can even be your hobbies. It can be family activities. It's all the stuff that your life is producing. It's all the, the output of your life. That's what we're talking about. And the word Sabbath literally means stop. That's what the word sabbat means, stop. So all of the things in my life that take my energy and my focus and, and all the things that stress me out and, and I gotta get that done and I gotta get that list covered and all that stuff, there is a day. There's a, there's a moment in your week, every week, where God says that needs to stop. So why? Because the one who made us knew that he did not make us to be able to continually produce. You're not made that way. It was a gift from the one who knows us more than anybody. You will need moments when the production line has to stop. You need that. Now the Bible also says that in addition to that, there is worship to God. Now, th this is another place that I'll get in trouble for this because there are very strong Christians who have opinions that the Sabbath has nothing to do with worship at all. It's only about the output of your life to come to a cease. There's nothing about this. Worship is never mentioned in the commandments. And I think they're just not looking close enough. Because if you go back to the commandment, you will find in both the Exodus and the Deuteronomy text. Now stay with me because this is all coming together now. You, you find this phrase in both those two texts. The seventh day is a Sabbath. Everybody say this word with me to the Lord your God. So the essence of the Sabbath is that there are regular periods of my life every week when all the production, all the stuff that I've got happening in my life comes to a sudden halt. And my focus during that halt is God. Now, you remember how I told you there were variations in the commandments in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, and I said I would talk about that? Now I want to talk about it. So in Exodus 20, the tag at the end of it says that God created the world for us. When we go to Deuteronomy 20, there's nothing there about him really creating the world. It says that God rescued Israel. Remember, I rescued you from Egypt. I want to suggest that both of those are the essence of of worship. Look this up here. Check this out. This is what worship is. That we come in this room and one thing that we do is thank you. And so creation, thank you God for everything that you've made for us. And what's this? We also come in here, I need you God. I'm going through this in my life and I need you. I have sin in my life, I need the cross. And so what God said, you were stuck in Egypt and I rescued you. I think the essence 
of the commandment. The essence of the commandment is that in the midst of all the output of your life, everything that you got on your plates, everything happening, that you will come to a point where you realize how much you need to call time out every week. And during that time, refuel yourself with a God who loves you. And so it's not only rest from the output, it is worship to God. And so if you ask me, Dave, with all of that put together, really, when it comes right down to it, what is the principle of the Sabbath? What does it mean? And here's the message of the Sabbath. It's extremely simple. That you learn to balance the output and the input of your life. That in all the output that you have going on in your life, you absolutely have to have time where now you will input, where you will allow God to minister to your heart and your spirit and your physical psyche and everything about you. And when life gets crazy, and when you feel like you're ready to break, and I can't take any more of this, whenever I hear their stories, every single time, it's because output and input are out of balance. So who in the room right now, your output has smothered your input, and you can't remember a time in your life recently where you had input? because it's constant output in your life. And here's the command of the Sabbath. I want you to hear this, that if you don't fix that, it will kill you. And it won't be sudden. It'll happen slowly over time until all of a sudden you wake up and realize that I'm dead. And you now know, I'm not talking about being physically dead. I'm talking about being done. It happens in a spiritual aspect in ways that we see among Christians so many times nowadays is they all of a sudden wake up one day and realize that they are spiritually empty. How did you get to that point? Because output smothered your commitment to input. If you don't fix that, and if you don't take advantage of that gift that God has given us, it will kill you. Now, I want to show you one more thing. I think this is brilliant. In the Exodus text, it tells us that God rested from his work. What was his work? What was his work? He created the world in six days. <laughs> You think you've had a long day, okay? Six days, created the world, okay? You think you got a tough job. So he created the world and he rested from that. How did he create the world? Don't miss this, everybody catch this. How did he create the world? How did he do it? He spoke. Let there be light, day one. I want you to watch this. I want everybody to do this. I want you to take your hand. I want you to put it right in front of your mouth. And just say this loud enough that you can hear it yourself. I want you to say, let there be light. Put your hand right here and do that. Let there be light. Let there be light. Did you feel that? Did you feel it? How do you speak? Output. Output. Let there be light. Output. And for six days, God did output. 
And then he rested from that and breathed in. Have you ever said, trying to catch my breath? It blows my mind that God knew he had to stop breathing out and breathing in. And why in the world would we ever think that we don't? Honor the Lord by keeping your Sabbath holy. Father, I thank you for loving us. And sometimes your love is tough. Sometimes your love is is confronting. And this is one of those. This really is. It's been a challenge for me personally this week to think about that. My hardest day of work is Thursday and Sunday. I know what it's like to skip the input, to ignore the input. I know, I know what it does to me personally. And I just want to pray for anybody who will be in this room this weekend. There'll be hundreds of people in this room this weekend. And there are going to be splattered among us people who are totally out of balance. And they're finally going to realize why. May your Holy Spirit lead them to do whatever they got to do to open this beautiful gift that you've given to us. And I pray that in the name of Jesus.